Yes, Baylor lost to BYU on Saturday, but if these two teams were to play again on a neutral site, do the Bears win? This is Locked On Baylor. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm Drake Toll alongside Cameron Stewart. Both of us are inside the Bears with Sports Illustrated and we're inside Provo, Utah on Saturday. How fun was that? Uh, the whole like being there part, not the, not the losing part was neat. Thank you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. This week's been record-breaking for Locked On Baylor, so thank you to all of our BYU fans <laughs> and Baylor fans alike who have combined to make this such a great week. Um, Cam, we have broken down so many things over the course of the week from the game. You and I haven't, but I have with other guests. Uh, I kind of have though for legal purposes. It's in my contract to bring you on, uh, once a week. So here we are obligatory. Keep the people coming. The, the game on Saturday, the one thought that I've had pretty much impending since is neutral site. Baylor doesn't lose that football game. And it may, it may piss off some BYU fans. It may make some Baylor fans mad because it's the what if game, but I don't even know if there's like a, what if it just feels pretty standard. Baylor wins that game on a neutral site. If these two teams were to play again. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I'm hoping we're not going to sound like we're bitching about it. They lost fair and square, but yeah, I agree with you. I think they do win that game in a neutral site. Um, I was thinking about this. And I originally was going to say no, that they wouldn't, because what was the thing that you think really killed Baylor in this game, Drake? Uh, quarterback What's play. A, okay, because I knew you were going to say that. What was the thing that Dave said in the postgame presser? Mistakes, penalties. Penalties, penalties, right? Four false starts. Yeah. That had something to do with the crowd, you think? Yes. But save that last play, the penalties that really killed him were penalties that were going to happen anyway. The targeting gets an ejection. Crowd had nothing to do with that. Um, the holding, which is the play of the game, really, in overtime. Where, Benjamin Sims? Yeah, where Squirrel almost scores, and they're certainly going to score on the next play. Uh, instead of go from a third and three to a third and 13 and miss the field goal, that's probably going to gonna happen wherever you play at that game. And so I'm like, well, maybe they don't. And then I just kind of broke it down simply to, well – we can all agree that was a fantastic atmosphere and it was yeah. tough to play in and Baylor still almost won. <laughs> and, and back to your point, which I so poorly set you up for of what was the biggest problem for Baylor. It was the quarterback play. And I think he does learn from this and, and knows what it's like to really play in a hostile environment now. Uh, but clearly he was affected by it. And yeah. his head coach has said so now twice, basically, that uh, Shapin was definitely a victim of the moment and of the crowd and of the atmosphere. And you could see it early, him trying to do a little bit too much. The, you talked about that last throw a few days ago. We talked about that on the plane after. That thing like went through the uprights. Yeah. That, you said the screen grab, and I was like, that thing was nowhere close. Like He didn't give anybody a chance. And Dave talked about it on Monday. They basically abandoned trying to pass when yeah. the game was in doubt in the fourth quarter there. They were like, he literally said, we didn't trust the throwing game. Yeah. And so they ran it 52 times. And you know who throws the football? No, the guy. Blake Shapin does that. Yeah. 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 Most teams, it's just the quarterback. Although BYU, game-winning touchdown is what it. I mean, 
game-saving touchdown, I guess you would say. It gives them the lead in the fourth quarter. They don't win without it. Yeah. Um, is a is a uh, double pass there. W- without it, they probably miss a field goal. That happened a few times on Saturday. Probably, uh, yeah. For both Yeah, teams. so all that to say, that was basically all my talking points for the whole show, that Baylor would win that game even uh, or in a neutral side. Do you like the artwork I have going now, Trey? Yeah, I do. Very fancy setup. Like that, that very classy. Contracted. I like that. It's almost and like I that. genuinely think the sound is better in here. It is. Oh, Everything right. about where you are, it looks like kind of like a hotel room, judging by the curtains, but the rest of it looks like my grandma's house, and I love my grandma and her house as well. So, so it so brings on. it brings but me yeah, home. Yeah, my, my home studio is the worst acoustic room ever yeah, put into Yeah, existence. for sure. No, for sure. Um, I don't really have anywhere else to do that, Mine so. is I'm kind of backed in the corner, you know, with the man cave behind me. Neither here. Which is there. good. It's great. It, it Aesthetically works. pleasing. Uh, yeah. There's a window there. Um, <laughs> Baylor wins this game on a neutral site, in my opinion, because, and I don't want to take anything away from BYU fans. Those who have made it this far into the show, they're like, no, Baylor loses at a neutral site. I could see why you make that case, and I probably wouldn't press you too hard on it, but there's a noticeable difference to me on Saturday in the speed of these two teams. I thought Baylor was say, the faster say team. Say the whole thing. Say the whole thing. What? Bigger, faster, and stronger? Buzzwords. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I say those. Yes. Times. I say those every now and then. Everyone else on Twitter is like, they got that dog in them. Drake Toll is bigger, faster, stronger. Bigger, I've faster, heard you say stronger. that, that those three words in <laughs> that order. I can't even, I mean, 300 times. Yeah. The last, so. let's, let's put it to the last month. Cause you said it about the Melissa Cardinals, a bunch. Playing China Spring? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my favorite three words to use in succession. Faster, stronger. And, and, and uh, can I take? Can I take? I'm sorry. I'm going to give you some time here. I, I want to take the fans here for a moment <laughs> inside the Bears, inside Provo. Uh, we got field passes, which we didn't think we were going to have. We didn't actually get field email. passes. We just kind of talked the guy. We talked the guy up a little. Yeah, he was like, "You guys can go on the field." Sick. We sat out there for like an hour before the game, and we got that great video of Kalani Sataki firing up the students that you can see at inside the bears underscore. Uh, but there's a moment where the fans are starting to file in. You can really feel the place pulsating. It's building up and both teams are out on the field warming. Yes. Up. Warming up. Like we totally were, initial warm ups. We're down there too. Yeah. We're taking pictures. I'm really taking this all in. Drake toll comes up to me and he goes, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go down the other end. I'm going to see BYU warm up. I just want to see how big they are. Yeah. I just want to see if they're bigger. And I was like, what about faster? What about stronger? <laughs> and I was like, okay, Drake, you go, you go see how big they are. How, how big those guys are. You come back and you were like, not as big as us. No, not as big. they're bigger than last year, but they're not as big as us. They were bigger than last year. Yeah. That was noticeable. Okay. They were, All right. That they was... were not as big as Baylor. They were not as fast as Baylor. You're not an advanced metrics guy. You're like, no. I want to see if they're bigger. Possibly faster, definitely stronger. I'm an eye test guy. I I gotta I gotta put my I gotta put my eyes on it to make sure that I gotta all check out there. And it did. The BYU guys were bigger guys, and they weren't bigger than Baylor though. Baylor was still bigger, and as I mentioned, they were the quicker team. I'm gonna use that word now instead. Uh, And and I think in a neutral site that shows through. The crowd got to Blake Shapen's head, as we've already mentioned. He he said that he couldn't hear anything. And at that you can't check to the line. If you see like, okay, this guy's open. There's no way to tell that guy. Um, there's no way to communicate that to, to anybody. What you see, you and have he to solely... change the play quite a few times. Oh, a ton, uh, especially in that second half. We saw it. He, I mean, they didn't get delay of games. They didn't have to burn timeouts. Uh, yes. There was one in the first half, but 
I wouldn't say it worked. <laughs> well, you think about the amount of times too that Shapin comes to the line and put in a situation where BYU is going to move the defense around. All you have to do, if I'm if I'm Kalani Sataki, it's like, hey, I'm just going to move my defense every play. Move one guy to the left, one guy to the right. Bam, now what, Baylor? You can't check it at the line. There's nothing you can do for this. Um, so that's a huge advantage with the crowd. You take that equation, that out of the equation, Baylor has maybe eight penalties, we'll say. I'll, I'll give Baylor eight penalties still. It's a sloppy game at a neutral site. Those six penalties you take away were, were pretty crucial. Even if you don't pick and choose, there were four or five false starts. You take those away, especially two at the goal line to win the game late. That That's yeah. what killed you, and that just Didn't doesn't help. happen at a neutral site. These are two very even teams. Maybe they tie. Maybe the world implodes and they tie at a neutral site. I, I do like to have that option out there. It is. It's, it's happened before. Baylor is just, if you look at it, on paper, if you see what you saw on Saturday, that home field environment gave BYU how many points? If you say the answer is zero, you are objectively wrong. If you say the answer is one, then Baylor wins that game 21 to 20 in, in, in you know, not even going to overtime in regulation. So Baylor wins at a neutral site but by virtue of that atmosphere, obviously gave BYU points. And if you take away any points at a neutral site, Baylor then is the better team. That that's where I sit with this. What does that do moving forward? Baylor's not going to play any neutral site games the rest of this season. They, they've got to learn to win on the road. They've got to win on the road at 11 a.m. against Iowa State in a couple of weeks. They got to win on the road against Texas and Oklahoma if they want their playoff aspirations to stay alive. But it, it's a BYU team that's really really good. I just am of the school of thought that Baylor losing this game does not mean they are bad. This is still a BYU team that Baylor is, in my opinion, better than if this game is played in a vacuum. Yeah, and I think I think even if BYU has the head-to-head and finishes with a better record, you could still make an argument that Baylor is better. Like, BYU could finish 10-2. and 11-1. 11-1 they could. Yeah. I mean, you look at the tough games on their schedule, they got through the biggest one. I mean, then they yeah. got uh, Oregon stinks. Notre Dame sucks. Arkansas like, at home is a big one. Arkansas at home, that's the that's the next toughest one. And that's I mean it. Utah, Utah. who knows? Will probably be a good team, probably be a good team by season's end again. The uh, because they play in the Pac 12. But um speaking about the road game, so now three and eight for Dave on the yeah. road. Well, Cam, and, and you talk okay, before you ahead. get into road games. Yeah, I, I know where you're going with this. I've got game. a segue into that. Uh I but before we get to road games, betonline.net is uh for all your pro and college sports betting needs, sports info this season, find all the latest college football stuff, developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, including this year's opening lines, this week's opening lines, everything at betonline.net, your continued source for all your sports betting, wagering information, live betting, esports, scores, fastest, easiest way to do it, MLB, MMA, boxing, golf. Head to the website today, use your mobile device, super easy to use. Bet online is where the game starts. Cam, we're going to open up the mailbag here. Boop, 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 boop. I think it's the yes. first. No, it's the second ever locked on Baylor mailbag. We're in episode 104, by the way. We did not celebrate episode 100 because it was Monday. So we obviously didn't celebrate it for obvious reasons. Damn. Uh, it could have been the distraction. Whatever. One of the first mailbag questions, Ramiro Castano on Twitter says, overall performance in road games. What's the deal? So, Cam, back to your road games point. Yeah. So I, I was thinking before we look into the past and eye to the future here, um, that Iowa State game, does that become more tricky for you? 
I mean, not that Iowa State has looked like unbeatable, well, but I didn't think they'd beat Iowa. Well, they're they 10, did. 10 points against Iowa are really eye popping. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I've just, I've seen, I've seen that. I mean, Iowa's got one of the best defenses in the country. Right. I, a I've couple seen, with the worst offense in the country. <laughs> yes. Yes. I like what I've seen from their quarterback. And Baylor should still win. Absolutely. But it's going to be an 11 a.m. game. Iowa State's going to be charged up for it. No, 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 and, no. That's a better part. If it was a night game, I think Baylor loses almost indefinitely because well, they just yeah, have obviously yeah. not played well at night. But it's an 11 a.m. game, so the Iowa State fans don't have enough time to drink as much as they could <laughs> for a uh, night is game. A, is that a challenge? Well, they could live up to it. If Cyclone Larry gets a hold of this, it's over. Baylor's going to lose, and it's yeah. going to be the effective night yeah, game. They will tough. block out the sun. They are that passionate in Ames, Iowa. Yeah, well, okay, so – it changes it a little bit for me. I still think Baylor wins. Anyway, looking at the Aranda Road games, I've I've t- took it upon myself to kind of take it case by case because that first year the team just sucked. I yeah. mean, let's just let's be honest. Nobody was on the same page. It sucked. Last year, the two games, TCU losing is that that one's inexcusable, yeah. inexcusable, and. It was a trap game. They had just beaten Oklahoma, and they had – is it Texas on the horizon, maybe? Yeah, something like um, that. Or a big game on the horizon. Anyway, um, so that was inexcusable. You cannot uh, – you can't make me get a good reason for them losing that one. At Oklahoma State, we saw they are basically evenly matched teams. It was an evenly matched game. and Who was Oklahoma the better team State, in a neutral site? Oklahoma, right. Oklahoma State had a bit of the home field advantage there and Jalen Warren in that game. But the way I kind of saw it was like they didn't have great game plans anytime, even in the wins. And you're excluding Kansas from that because Kansas used to be a basketball school, Drake. They used to not be good at football. Now they're undefeated. Uh, Yeah. And they kind of gutted one out at Kansas State. But TCU, they weren't ready for the quarterback scrambled over them all day they didn't make any adjustments in that game and Oklahoma State they clearly did not have the offensive game plan to be ready like they did the second time because it was the same defense they were playing and that Dave talked about this weekend that being one of those games where you're throwing whatever in your hand that Oklahoma State first game last year where they just couldn't move the ball for half the game was so infuriating and it and it felt like a little bit like this game this weekend in terms of we just didn't know what the game plan was. So all that to say, yeah, I am a little worried about them going on the road um, because I've seen this team's heart, but when another team's charged up against them and you don't have a good game plan, you can have heart too, but they're going to match that for you. Hmm. And it's going to come down to talent. And I don't think Baylor has a ton of talent in the skill positions yet. Speaking of skill positions, Ramiro also says, who steps up to be running back one and wide receiver one? So my pitch on this one, uh, for wide receiver one is the the bigger question mark to me of those two. And I'm going to go with Monterey Baldwin. I've really liked what I've seen out of Monterey Baldwin when healthy. Um, are, they, even, are they asking, though, because he's questionable this week? Yeah, is right. that Was that more of the question? This is just in general, the rest of the way, okay. when it when okay. it all shakes out. 
my running back, my wide receiver one is Monterey Baldwin. The guy has shown more athleticism than than most on the roster at that position, and his his speed is impeccable. He's a big play guy with uh, a high ceiling. So Monterey Baldwin's my guy. Steps in that position when he's healthy. Running back one when he's healthy is still Tay McWilliams, in my opinion. I like what we saw from him early in the game before he went out. Uh, Tay McWilliams is that guy. Quaylen Jones. Really stepped up, had a much better game than I thought he would. Same, I could say the same for Squirrel Williams. I don't know if I was expecting that from Squirrel. I still believe that Tay McWilliams is my is my running back one. Um, Cam, here's one that you love. Ramiro also says lack of turnovers and playmaking on defense. Oh, What's man, going on? How many on times there? did I say that? How many times did I say that? Thank you guys back to Provo, Utah. Here's my tangent. Cam and I are in the press box overlooking these beautiful mountains, and every BYU possession, he looks over and goes. You know what Baylor defense hasn't done all year yet? Uh, Be a great time for. Yeah. Sure enough. Sure. Even in overtime, no interceptions. No picks this year. One forced turnover in the first quarter of game one against an FCS team, a bad FCS team. Yeah. And you can say, and I will agree, if Al Walcott has two gloves instead of a club, that is an interception for sure. But I mean, where are the playmakers in the secondary? That's what I'm wondering. I, I don't – that's that was such a huge advantage for Baylor last year. They had a great suffocating defense, and I thought the defense played great this past Saturday. But when you can't force a turnover and all of a sudden you get a, a couple of penalties or some rhythms on third down or they try a trick play, yeah. God forbid – all of a sudden, that's that's where you get beat. And, you know, last year's Baylor team probably doesn't give up 26 because, which, is, again, is not this huge total. You right. can still win a game giving up 26. But they're probably not giving up 26 because they're forcing some turnovers. And I know there's some young guys back there, but, I mean, you can be young and make plays. And I'm just wondering, because, like, I don't know. I don't know anything about these corners. It's not like we get the exposure – of playmaking ability that we do with a wide receiver where they have a chance on every ball at it at them. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't know. And if they can't, if they can't force turnovers, I think that might cost them a, a game or two really. Well, it broke a 23 game streak, 23 game turnover yeah. streak under David. They Randa, had Jackers which is, and robbers back there. They which don't is unbelievable. And now the defense obviously has struggled to come up with turnovers, just one in two games and no interceptions as well against two quarterbacks. Poffenbarger, they didn't pick up Poffenbarger once or any of the backups from Albany. Uh, Jaron Hall is really good at football, though. The only the one pass that he truly, truly missed really badly on was, like you mentioned, the one to Al Walcott, where if a club's not on his hand. Also, he got a defensive holding, right, with a club on his hand or at one point in the game. Pretty awesome. Um <laughs> Pretty awesome. Same, there, same stuff to do, but Ramiro ends it out talking about the offensive line. Cleo Keith's return, I think, is going to be a big difference too. To answer that, I just think having uh, Keith out there is 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 the offensive line doesn't need as much help as people are saying, but it still needs a little help, and that's going to be a good addition, uh, re-addition. Scotty B says, which order do you want to see improve out of the following? So rank them one, two, and three: okay. penalties, passing offense, and pass defense. Cam, I'm going to go with the number three thing that I think out of this list I put at the bottom right now is pass defense to me of the other two. I thought the pass defense was not as horrible, again, as most people are making it out to be. A big point in that is that it was BYU's BYU's really two-minute drill that ate Baylor up. Outside of that, they didn't throw the ball very well at all. Jaron Hall made some great passes, but most of them were 
quick two minute drill, your secondary, your defense as a whole has to be more prepared for that. Uh, the uh, number two, I'm going to go with penalties. And the reason I'm going with penalties at two is, is passing offense at one and passing offense. If it's just a little bit better on Saturday, Baylor wins despite the penalties, Even with so, all the penalties right? Yeah. So that's why it's a two and passing offense. They've when a coach cam, when a coach is saying in a press conference, yeah, we didn't have confidence to throw the ball. There's only one other thing you can do. There's only one other way to generate offense. Yeah. You have two options, and when one of them is nullified entirely, that is not a good thing. It's a very, very, very bad thing. And the worst part about that is, is you know who also knew that? The BYU Cougars knew these guys can't pass tonight. Yeah. So, yes, that is really damning. And I know I know, Dave is a, a very open and honest guy, uh, but to hear that basically twice, but definitely on Monday we, we heard that kind of in some detail and basically him saying – later in, in a different question saying, yeah, we were really trying to run the ball so that the passes were easier for Blake. Yeah. Uh, it was like, man, I, I don't know that they have a huge quarterback problem here, but it's not what you want to hear. It's not no. confidence inducing. And so, yeah, I think penalties are going to be the easiest one to clean up. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be like one of those 2016, 2017 teams or 2020 where they just kind of gave up and didn't really care and played totally undisciplined. I think that'll turn around. Uh, but past defense in two games, we have seen so much hit or miss from the secondary. Yeah. And I, I will say I, I kind of I don't want to say tore them apart, but definitely criticized them in my column post game. And it was like every time they threw down the field. It was, I mean, these guys, it felt like they couldn't cover. They were yeah. had to grab jerseys. They had to tackle before the guys even got the ball. Um, but then again, there were some coverage sacks in there. And for some reason, BYU, like you have mentioned, didn't really take the top off, really. Uh, they did on that two-minute drill and that one play that looked like it was going to set them up uh, for the game-winning field goal at the end of regulation. So I was like, maybe I just missed it and wasn't looking at it as yeah. hard. Uh, but it is an inexperienced group back there. So yeah. I would say, I would say I'd like that to get corrected the most. Wow. Well, you put that at one and put it at three. Yeah, uh, because I, I mean, if you avoid penalties and you get the better offensive line play better, um, then you can run the ball a little bit more effectively and that can take some pressure off the passing game. But yeah. right now they can't really run it effectively either, which is not a great combination. Right. When you take the only two things in the equation out of the equation, you're probably not yeah. going to win a lot yeah. of football games. Yeah. Most, they scored 20 uh, points against a top 25 team on the road in a hostile environment with their leading rusher and leading scored, receiver getting knocked out of the game. So. Could have scored 21. That's all it would have taken. Could have scored could've. That would have been interesting if they had, Drake. You know why? Yeah. Because that then the score at the end of regulation would have been 21 to 20. And, and they'd be two and zero. One the game. number six in the country. Oh, the yeah. A uh, couple yeah. more to finish out with here. Cam John Wheeler says, "Would we have won this game with Gary Bohannon at quarterback? Would we have won it with drones at quarterback?" Here's where I'm gonna start. I'm gonna say something crazy. I'm gonna say it. Uh, we would have lost with drones at quarterback. He's young too. He would have had the deer in headlights. Baylor would win the game with Gary Bohannon at quarterback. Here's why. Blake Shapin, how many passes did he make Saturday? You're like, wow, impeccable throw. His arm was just not quite there on Saturday. Gary Bohannon doesn't have a great arm. So that's pretty much those guys are par with each other. Shapin was one-dimensional. He ran the ball four times. Those were the four sacks that he logged. Mm -hmm. Gary Bohannon would have run the ball. They would have had to have respected 
Gary Bohannon's ability to run the football. They did not respect Blake Shapens. Therefore, Bohannon probably wins that game because BYU secondary has to worry about Bohannon getting in space. They didn't have to worry about that with Shapen. Uh, Gary Bohannon may not be the answer the rest of the season, but he at least wins that game on Saturday, yes. I say no. I say mm. Gary doesn't win. Kyron Drones doesn't win. I, I'm going to give the same yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. a freshman. He didn't play. Um, but I think there's this a bit, a bit, a bit of revisionist history in terms of uh, the running quarterback, Gary Bohannon. He was, he was a fantastic runner, great athlete, so tough to bring down. But we really didn't see a lot of it until the end of the season last year. And I'm talking that Oklahoma game where the offense stagnated most of the game. I think he had two rushing touchdowns in that one. Uh, that's the one that, that springs to mind. But they really tried for yeah. him to be a just pocket-passing quarterback. And for the first couple of games, it worked because I think Gary is a, a, a decent passer. And so if Gary is here, I think that is what they're trying to make him. And clearly they don't want their quarterbacks going into that kind of trouble on the ground, exhibit a Blake Shapin on Saturday. So if you're forcing Gary to be the drop back passer against that, that BYU defense, I don't think it's any different. I really don't. And we would have been even more frustrated knowing his running ability to be like, what the heck? Why aren't they dialing something up for him to run? Yeah. And maybe they do, but I'm just saying for most of the season last year, at least half of it, they really tried for him to be just a pocket passer, a drop back passer who can go on the run every once in a while, keep the defense on their toes and make them respect that. So I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say they still don't win in that atmosphere. Yeah. Which, by the way, we, we, we bring up, that Oklahoma state game and how similar it was that first Oklahoma yeah. state game and how Baylor didn't handle the atmosphere very well. Gary Mohanan was the quarterback and he didn't run a ton in that game. That's they true. didn't want him to. I think it's pretty similar. All right. So Cam's going with no Drake's going with the S finish out with this uh, super briefly. I know we got to go. What happened to the offensive line? Um, Cam, I don't think that much did. I could have been a lot less impressed. Another area where I think people are blowing this out of proportion a little bit Blake Shapin took four sacks, three of them. I went back and watched the film. Three of them, it's like, oh my gosh, you've you've like got to do something Absolutely. as the quarterback. You've Absolutely. got to throw the football away. Yeah. You've got to run forward. You've got to not just fall down where you are. Like it looked like he tripped on at least one of them, maybe two. Uh, I just don't think, I'm not as concerned with the O-line as so many fans are. Yeah, that kind of surprised me Sunday morning. And I get, I look at the rushing numbers and maybe some, some of them are just looking on paper at those rushing numbers. But to be honest, you just don't, you don't have the talent in the backs that you had last year. Yeah. Can that change? Absolutely. I think the running game is going to get better, but like, I, I don't think this was a game that Baylor totally lost in the trenches, um, especially on the defensive line, but. I really, I'm, I'm with you. I just don't think they were all that bad. And yeah, the rushing numbers are going to need to get better for them to, to win more games, but I don't think it's totally on the offensive line so far. I do not either. And I think those guys are going to be fine. I really do. I think the O-line, D-line too. I like the D-line. The pocket never really broke all completely apart, but plenty of times where Jaron Hall was under some pressure where he could at least yeah. feel Siaki the breathing on him. Um, Cam, thanks for coming on today, I guess. You're so welcome, Drake.
Go follow him at at Real Cam Stewart on Twitter. That guy's got like 400 followers now. Insanity. That is crazy. It's wow. definitely more than my burner account. Don't check my burner account. Yeah, that's a it's fun burner account. Hold episodes. Find it if you all find it. Yeah, it is on there. Uh, I'm Drake Toll. That's Cameron Stewart. Thanks for listening today. Come back tomorrow. Scotty Swingler, big skin preacher, joins the show to give his sermon about Baylor and Texas State. Maybe, maybe the Bears win again this weekend. I hope so. Let's not be a Notre Dame. This has been always will be. Locked on Baylor.